0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm host of the show, and I'm here with my co-host, Lou Wise, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group, great little forage operation that uh, supplies some manufacturers around the world with uh, all kinds of open-dive forging. Lou, how are you today? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, and yourself? Actually, I'm doing uh, great today. I'm looking forward to the, to a show that uh, is kind of near and dear to my heart but before we get into that, I know you want to talk about last week's show and a couple of news items that have propped up. So go ahead and let's jump into that.
2: Well, uh, last week's uh, show uh, was uh, with Norbert Orr, who is the director and head of industrial surveys for Stratus Research Partners, and he's the former chair of the ISM Manufacturing Business Summary Committee. Uh, Uh, Presently, that position is held by uh, Brad Holcomb, who is a regular on our show, every first of the month. Uh, Norbert uh, presented his analysis and comparative uh, commentary on 18 purchasing manager index reports compiled from around the world. And uh, the, the show is quite interesting, and I believe that anybody particularly small, medium, and large companies, uh, would do well to listen to and also get a copy of their report. Uh, knowing this information certainly will help your business or help you understand why things are going the way they're going. So, uh, check it out on mfgtalkradio.com. Uh, The news uh, today is about uh, XM Bank. We keep on beating that uh, drum until uh, Washington will finally do something intelligent about it. XM Bank reauthorization is still a major news item and that the the mainstream media, excluding us, uh, don't really talk about it very much. Uh, It's a very serious situation for particularly small and medium-sized companies. And uh, next week, On the 26th, Monday, they are supposedly going to have a vote. Uh, That's questionable. We are having a show on the 27th, on Tuesday, to talk about whatever did or didn't happen on the 26th. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. Or if they may have uh, done what's typical, and that is uh, kicking the can down the road. I certainly hope that's not the case. So that being said, Tim, take it away.
1: Not the case, but very likely. Uh, We'll see what they do. Um, I am actually excited to have three guests with us today talking about the untapped talent pool for manufacturers. We on the show have talked about for many months uh, what manufacturers are going to do to fill their skills gap. That isn't just a, a new phenomenon. It's been around since probably about 2010 or 11 when several hundred thousand jobs have gone unfilled in manufacturing because they can't find the right talent. And hopefully they haven't overlooked, and hopefully they'll be more proactive after the show, about looking at Americans with disabilities, people that I like to refer to as handicapable. I don't like the word handicapped. But let me introduce three guests who are going to talk to this subject. Uh, One is Michael DiDonato. Michael is president of Teen Team Hoyt running chairs. These are really high-tech, very cool running chairs. Michael, welcome to the show today.
3: Hey, thank you for having me. Handmade in
1: this country.
2: Handmade in this country. (laughs) That's
3: right.
2: Uh, We
1: also have uh, Mike Murray with us, who's Chief Operating Officer of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Mike, thanks for being with us on the show.
4: It's an honor. I'm pumped.
1: Oh, good, good. We're glad to have you fired up for the show. And uh, uh, finally, finally, we have uh, Lisa Montabano with us, Lisa's Director of Business Development for Employment Horizons. Lisa, welcome to the show.
5: Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here.
1: Well, Lisa, why don't I start with you? I'd like to, uh, with the ladies' first presence, talk to you about what it is that Employment Horizons does.
5: Yes, thank you so much. Um, we are essentially a, a nonprofit social business enterprise that seeks to um, support the mission of helping individuals with disabilities, uh, teens and adults, in acquiring their um, vocational goals. And we essentially do that through services we provide to businesses. So there's the obvious with um, the staffing component, so businesses can hire um an individual who is um, a skilled and talented worker through um, our staffing division. We also um, assist lots of businesses with fulfillment. So that's the outsourced packaging, assembly, um, kitting, labeling, collating. Um, That essentially helps lots of manufacturers that are in the New Jersey area. Um, We also do some commercial cleaning and grounds and uh, launched a new culinary arts training program as well. So we do offer business catering. Um, So these services help to employ over 500 individuals with disabilities per year throughout northern New Jersey.
1: That's great. I certainly appreciate the work that you do because I have a sister with disabilities, and uh, she was aided through some organizations in the state of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So we we certainly are both familiar and appreciate the work that any of you folks do helping people who are actually quite talented and yeah. so maybe uh, uh, have a uh, physical uh, uh, difference to us mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: or a, an appearance difference to us that doesn't make them less talented than us. Some of them are very bright. Uh, Mike, I want yeah. to go to you and, and have you share with our listeners what the American Association of People with Disabilities does in your role, please?
4: Oh, outstanding! I am—I'd uh, be honored. So, the American Association of People with Disabilities is all about promoting equal opportunity, uh, economic power, independent living, and political pers- participation for people with disabilities. Um, and so, we do this in a lot of different ways, including ensuring that a lot of the laws and regulations. That support people with disabilities throughout the country um, are uh, are strong and really push towards the integration and full integration of people with disabilities in the community. Um, we support our sister organizations like the National Council on Independent Living, uh, uh, who really focus on ensuring that people with disabilities can live and work in the communities of their choice. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, and we have a number of different programs throughout the country that, uh, that focus on um, uh, ensuring that people with disabilities can fully participate in society. Um, I'll just hit one really quick one, which I think is always fun, because uh, it's hard to talk about all the amazing stuff that we do at AAPD, um, and really it comes down to how do we impact the people. And so one story that I love to tell is we have an internship program where we bring uh, folks with disabilities from all across the country to Washington, D.C., to work here for a summer, um, and uh, we take care of housing, they get a stipend, and they also become really our ambassadors to all different parts um, of uh, of our government, um, including uh, working for members of Congress uh, and high-level presidential appointees, one young man that, uh, that came in through this program, his name was Zach Holler, uh, and Zach is truly an amazing and awesome person. Um, uh, got straight A's all the way through college, uh, uh, really just brilliant. Um, I mean, think Stephen Hawking's kind of brilliant, right? Um, mm. uh, and, uh, and Zach also is a person who is deaf, blind, and a wheelchair user. Um, and so, uh, this obviously adds some societal barriers that we had to work through um, uh, and it was part of the reason that he had a hard time finding employers who were willing to take the opportunity to get to know him and see the value that he added. So we said, we're going we're gonna to bring him in um, and, uh, and he spent the whole summer with us and um, one of the things that's interesting, so he used American Sign Language. Um, And so he would use something called tactile sign language, which is because he couldn't see the signs, he would actually feel the sign language in his hands. Um, And uh, this isn't unusual for a deaf-blind person, but because Zach also had some physical disabilities and was a wheelchair user, uh, he also uh, needed some additional supports um, around communication. So whenever we would spell... um, Something out he couldn't feel the difference in the alphabet uh, just by a small little sign so we'd have to make the signs bigger so if I was going to say my name uh, it would go uh, uh, or if I was going to spell um, anything um, I would say instead of just going A B C D, I would go Apple balloon uh, card and so use these signs so that he could spell it out so there was definitely a lot of support that he needed, but he had an incredible summer working, um, uh, for a high level presidential appointee. And now Zach is, uh, uh, is a, an Obama appointee on, um, on a council that our government runs and is helping to influence policy throughout our country. And so I think it just points out the fact that those of us with disabilities, when given the opportunity, regardless of how severe the disability, when we're given equal opportunity to access the workforce, we have amazing things to add um, and wonderful value that we add when given the opportunity to have competitive, integrated employment. And so that's what AAPD is all about. It's about that uh, integration into our community, not only because it's good for people with disabilities, but also because it's good for all of society and it's good for business. So from a manufacturing perspective, when you guys include folks with disabilities, you're going to see increased productivity, uh, increased overall employee satisfaction, um, many, many things. And we can talk about some of those examples later. But that's what we do.
1: Great, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh a lot, a lot of great work, and I'm, I'm I'm sitting here in awe of somebody who is deaf and blind and got straight A's in college. I'm fully sighted. I can hear really well I didn't get straight A's in college. So that's
2: really marvelous.
1: And he's
4: not alone. There are thousands of folks with disabilities, very severe disabilities, uh, quote, quote, severe disabilities, who do amazing things, not in spite of their disability but in part because of it.
5: That's mm-hmm. making that disability an ability. And just honing in on, point. yeah, and honing in on their skills.
2: I I might share with you a personal story of uh, mine, and I'll make it short. It's a it's a long story, so I'll give you the elevator uh, pitch version of it. I have an older daughter who uh, early on was in an automobile accident and uh, was brain injured and has cognitive uh, disabilities. Lives in a group home in Pennsylvania, and. What they do there is their philosophy is to make their lives as normal as can be. So they it's not an institution or quote unquote a facility. Uh, they own or rent about thirty five homes in Milford, Pennsylvania, and uh, they live relatively normal lives. They are uh, taken to physical therapy if they need to. They take they're taken to jobs that they may have. Uh, My daughter has a a job that she works three days a week, Um, and uh, the the town itself is so incredibly warm to the presence of uh, progressive health being in that town um, that it's really quite incredible, and I think the attitudes of people uh, over the years uh, regarding um, uh, people with disabilities has radically changed and certainly it would have a lot to do with the things that you folks are doing. So my hat is off to you. Well, and
4: I, and I appreciate you sharing your, your, your story and that, uh, you know, it reminds me, my best friend has Down syndrome. um, And uh, he's uh, uh, not quite nonverbal, but pretty close. um, And we've developed an incredible relationship. He was the best man in my wedding. um, And, uh, and Jeremy uh, just, just like your daughter, does wonderful things and has incredible value to add to the community. He lives in an apartment by himself, um, uh, has a girlfriend that he hopes to marry pretty soon. Um, he, uh, and, you know, and his apartment uh, becomes a, a very safe place for him because he's got friends and folks around him who uh, support him along with the community support services that, uh, that all of our states need to be funding so that folks can live uh as independently as possible um and uh and really he adds so much to the community he's just he's an incredible guy i could tell 100 stories but i won't but uh mm-hmm. but i i appreciate you sharing that
2: <laughs> i could probably share more than 100 and not all of them mm-hmm. are good because <laughs> my daughter sure. my daughter is a wild gal <laughs> everybody's got
5: their own personalities right
2: that's for sure that's for oh. sure I want to go to Michael for a moment. Michael, you
1: are president of Team Hoyt Running Chairs. These are chairs that are built for the disabled. Would you please share with our audience what these chairs are, how they're used, because this, this is some really neat high-tech stuff.
3: Yeah. we um, Well, we build uh, running chairs that uh, are designed for, I guess you could call it a, a, a duo athletic team. So you'll have a rider who is in the, uh, seated in the chair and then uh, a pusher who will push them in road races, 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, triathlons as well. Uh, my, my story is um, a little bit different. Uh, my family had started a manufacturing company, a small machine shop in the garage uh, in 1984. My father and my uncle and it's grown now where we employ, we have two companies under one roof that we own, Southbridge Tool and Manufacturing and Boniface Tool and Die. And we have about 60 employees. And s- about five, six years ago, um, I was attending a seminar and I saw a slideshow presentation. It was a, kind of like a sales and marketing seminar. That's primarily what I do on the Southbridge Tool side. And there was a uh, an image of uh the father and son duo Dick and Rick Hoyt um if nobody's ever heard of them just go to YouTube and you could type in team hoyt and just see what they've done so i was pretty inspired i had heard of who they were and what they did and and um i left the seminar it was a great seminar you know and interesting thing happened though about 2 months later is i was in a grocery store and i saw Dick Hoyt passed by me and I, I told my wife I said I can't believe this I saw this guy on a, a slide uh, PowerPoint presentation so I happened to have a business card with me and and I ran out into the parking lot and chased him down and uh, I said mr. Hoyt I see what you've done and and it's pretty amazing uh, what you do for your son Rick who, who who's disabled uh, and I gave him my business card, and I just said, look, we have a small, you know, we've got a pretty good-sized manufacturing company, and uh, if you needed some of your equipment fixed, we can, anything that has to do with aluminum, steel, whatever, we can, we can pretty much fix anything. And we went our separate ways. And a year later, he came in, and this was just before the 2010 Boston Marathon, and he had said that his son Rick had just had uh, rods put in his spine. Uh, spinal surgery. Rick, is, Rick has cerebral palsy. He was born with it, with this, and uh, so he's nonverbal. Uh, he can't use his arms or his legs. Um, so he said his current chair is too uncomfortable for him. Can you guys build a more comfortable chair? And this is something that's totally we've never, we never had anything to do with, you know, wheelchairs. Primarily we do a lot of commercial uh, work and, and government work. And we took the challenge uh, and we came up with a crude it was pretty crude pretty heavy however it was very comfortable for him and they were able to do that Boston Marathon and from there on Dick was using the chair every weekend at these road races and he'd come back and explain to us what we need to tweak you know and, and kind of make a little better and what worked and what didn't work and this went on for about a year and I happened to be uh at a bike shop one day and I heard this woman asking the bike shop uh clerk if she if if he had known where she could find uh cool looking wheels for her son's wheelchair. Hmm. And she she went yeah, it was interesting. I just, you know, uh, I don't believe in coincidences. So anyway, I just happened to be there. And I couldn't help but overhear, and she explained that her family was in a terrible car wreck. Her son, uh, back in the late 90s, uh, hit head on by a drunk driver. Her son was totally involved in sports and just he was very, very active. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: You know, I, I appreciate the emotionality because uh, all of us are feeling the same thing. These are stories that touch your heart very deeply. So you know, take a moment to get yourself, Michael. Uh, it's important for our audience to understand that uh, a lot of us have uh, big hearts for these folks, and these folks have big hearts as well. Yeah. They're, they're very talented. <laughs> they're very good at what they do. Uh, but sometimes uh, they have a real challenge uh, in uh, uh, coming out of circumstances that they obviously didn't design themselves. So sure. go ahead, Michael.
3: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, of course, I was moved by this. Um, so she was she was kind of desperate to to give him something to do. She was even talking about attaching his wheelchair to uh, the her uh, lawnmower tractor to pull him around the yard to, to get him outside and do things. So I happened to chime in. I said, you know, I, I we built this running chair for for Dick Hoyt. And, um, maybe I could, you know, see if we could help you out. And she said, really? I said, yeah, you know, why don't we build a chair for him? And, um, and and I'll push him in a couple of races, uh, if you'd like. And boy, (laughs) made her day. It was great. Uh, so, uh, I met Kyle, his name's Kyle. I met Kyle and, um, he's now 28 years old and, uh, we participate in road races and triathlons together. And, what happened was me starting to push Kyle was allowing me to give our guys feedback on what we needed to to do to build a better chair. And Dick came up, approached me and he said, you know, why don't we, you know, you should put these things on the market because there's a, there's a huge need for this. And so we did, we put a calling out for those, you know, who were interested in purchasing a chair and, um, you know, fast forward four years later, um, you know, we had a great year this year. I've partnered with some tremendous, tremendous groups um, that they're – we're for-profit. However, I've partnered with uh, several nonprofits that uh, put on road races for physically challenged individuals. And, boy, I'll tell you, it gives them the opportunity and when they cross the finish line. It's just an incredible experience.
1: That's that's some great stuff, Lisa. I'd like I'd like to t- uh, chat with you for a moment on manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about you know this untapped talent pool for manufacturers and where these people fit into the grand scheme of manufacturing, whether it's from the C-suite or the shop floor or the shipping right. dock or wherever it may be. Please.
5: And I have to say, the answer to that is all of the above. Right. <laughs> um, I believe. Yeah. It really is um, and it, just from personal experience, I'm in my seventeenth year here um, and really had the privilege of just helping so many people to acquire their vocational dreams um, and you know the the talent pool and the people with disabilities um, the skills range from sure, there are people that you know desire and have a skill to acquire more of an entry-level position. Um, and then there are folks that, um, you know, are completely on the different side of the spectrum that come to us with years of experience, um, maybe have hi- had a, a physical injury or um, they've got um, a learning disability, um, but they still qualify for services because those are barriers to employment. So. Um, I could just speak Employment Horizons has had success in placing people from the storage and warehouse floors, doing some pick and pack, doing some, um, you know, even driving the forklift, um, loading boxes on trucks to working on assembly for some intricate products, um, and even doing some of the behind-the-scenes, you know, batching, coding, um, using different operational systems to help the manufacturers keep track of what they're doing day by day. So, and that answer, all of the above, truly, truly is um, the right one.
4: And if I could just add to what Lisa said, I I couldn't agree more. This is Michael Murray with AAPD. Um, Mm -hmm. And to just throw out a quick example of that, um, Walgreens, of their distribution centers recently, Mm -hmm. uh, or a while ago, decided that they wanted to hire more folks with disabilities Mm -hmm. um, inside of their distribution centers, and one of the things that folks who didn't think it was a good idea, a few of the things that they said was, well, it's going to increase accident rates, we're going to have lower production rates, we're going to see, you know, we're not going to be able to retain folks with disabilities. But what they found was actually the opposite to be true. In the places where they had 50% or more folks with disabilities in those distribution centers, they had lower accident rates, Mm -hmm. higher retention rates, higher overall employee satisfaction rates, um, higher production rates than the other distribution centers. And this is just one example of where when you include us as people with disabilities, we add creativity, ingenuity, new ways of doing things, new perspectives, and that leads to a better product, um, and that will lead to a better product for any business. Yep. And I want to say it's, it's not in spite of our disabilities, but it's in part because of it. The, the new yep. perspective that we bring is not in spite of the fact that we have disabilities, but in part because we've got disabilities, we have something valuable to bring to the mm-hmm. workforce. Um, And just another quick point, uh, you you know, on Monday I was at NASA, and I did a keynote over there and got to meet some incredible folks um, who have put literally things out into the universe farther than you and I can even imagine. And they've got disabilities, a deaf man, Mm -hmm. a blind man, I've seen all different kinds of folks, and they're working at very high levels uh, in government. So we've got thousands of examples from the c suite um, uh, to uh, entry-level jobs to all around, where we as people with disabilities have something valuable to add, and when you tap mm-hmm. into that un- untapped pool, uh, pool of talent, yep. we we do add something valuable.
2: Yeah, yep. uh, uh, Michael. Uh, further to that, I read recently that the largest number of people with disabilities are employed. In the federal government, is, is it's the highest level ever. Is that, yeah. is that
1: correct? Yeah,
4: it is. That's absolutely right, by percentage and by real number. And the reason that that happened is because uh, the federal government made a commitment to hiring people with disabilities,
2: mm-hmm. and the
4: disability community delivered. Um, again, like Lisa said, we've got everything that you need. If you need a, a secretary, if you need a scientist, yep. Um, you need an HR manager, whatever you and yep. your business need in manufacturing, if you tap into this talent pool, if you commit yep. to hiring us and make a real yep. commitment, a number commitment, an actual uh, number that your business is going to hire over the next year, when you do that, yep. we're going to deliver and deliver in force.
5: Yep. You know, if I can continue to comment on what you're saying, too, we consistently get feedback that, again, the people that we're placing are the most dependable workers um you know the skill sets of of some of the folks like we said range so drastically um but I think they um they look at an employer and, and are loyal for giving them a chance as well so I think just by nature they want to do well for that person um and we have people that have been at their posts who have even grown to managerial positions, um, you know, with dedicated employers, and they've been there for 10 years plus. Um, people you know, also walk through the center that we have. We do have an agency-based program here. Um, and people all the time say that, you know, if they just had maybe five to ten people Um, at their workforce at their facility with a disability um, their total operations could change they they want to see smiling faces and I think really the people that we're placing have have just that um, and bring so many benefits to the workplace
2: Um. I'd like to uh, leave you with a question before we take a a commercial break Uh, so you'll have a minute or so to think about it. Um, we're a manufacturer, and mm-hmm. um, I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. This is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm impressed with everything I'm hearing, and I do have a problem in, uh, in the employment area. Um, mm-hmm. how, how would I go about uh, finding and reaching out to the various associations uh, that could help me in Uh, whatever level of uh, technology we have. So why don't you think about that for a minute or so, and uh, I think Tim is going to probably cut to a break in in a second or so, and uh, we'll get back to you on that point.
1: Yeah, I'd certainly like to talk with all three of you on that particular issue. But let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Manufacturing Talk Radio.
0: Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back.
2: American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778.
6: How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and how top notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line.
0: All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001 AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless, and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800. 800- Six zero zero nine two nine zero. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host Lou Wise from All Metals and forge Group. And Lou, you left everyone with a uh, interesting question, and I, I think we'll go with with Lisa first, on it. Uh, Lisa your response to lose the uh, query.
5: Yeah. Um you know I I do get this question asked um regularly so hopefully I have an answer <laughs> that can help you. <laughs> um but I usually direct people to the source first. Um and, and just know that the each state has a Department of Labor um umbrella that is Deals with uh, individuals with disabilities to help them acquire services from um, agencies like ours. So I usually direct people back to their state's um, Division of Vocational Rehab office, um, who is the um, referral to an agency for a, a person with a disability. So if you did um, find your local office, most counties and most states have them, um, and then ask them. Um, or some good referrals for supported employment programs um, in your area, they should be able to um, give you a vendor list who they recommend.
1: Okay. And uh, Michael Murray, uh, you're you're operating on a, a national level. Uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah,
4: absolutely. So the first thing that I would say is, um, uh, there, part part of how we're going to change the workforce to be more inclusive of people with disabilities is uh, is when businesses get on board with this uh, with this idea and realize the innovation and creativity um, uh, and overall better workforce that we as folks with disabilities bring. And so, as part of that, I wanted to let your viewer or your the listeners know. Um, There was recently a new regulation put out by the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs at the Department of Labor, the U.S. Department of Labor. um, And uh, it's called Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. And what this new requirement does is, um, is it really reinforces federal contractors' affirmative action obligations towards people with disabilities. Now, I know a lot of your listeners today are federal contractors, Mm -hmm. um, and as part of their um, obligation of being a federal contractor, they're going to have to do some more outreach um, to the disability community because they've got uh, a new um, uh, uh, goal um, set out by the Department of Labor, which is a 7% utilization goal, um, and so they're going to need to be looking for folks with disabilities and really reaching out to them. Um, and that's going to include creating open uh, and welcoming websites where folks can apply, doing outreach to vocational rehabilitation, as Lisa said, and to other service providers, and just doing general outreach to the disability community and colleges and universities, the same kind of outreach that they do for everyone else, um, and, and also to realize that, you uh, there are already a lot of people with disabilities working in the manufacturing field. Um, uh, you know, we're an equal opportunity community and anybody can join us at any time. And the fact is that <laughs> the longer you live, the more likely you are to acquire a disability, right? Um, right. The more hair I lose, the more my knees hurt. Um, it's just a natural part of the human experience. Yeah, it's just a natural part of the human experience. It's nothing to be scared of. And so, uh, what we want to do is make sure that, uh, that everybody's got the opportunity to contribute. And it doesn't mean that you're, uh, you know, people with disabilities aren't supermen, right, We're, or, or superwomen. Um, you're going to find folks who aren't good. Uh, not everybody uh, with a disability is, is, uh, is going to be a great employee, and you're going to have to let them go, and that's, that's a part of business. Um, But as a whole, when you bring in that new perspective, that's when it uh, really starts to have a positive impact on your bottom line. And so uh, I think the first part of this work is making sure that us as businesses are ready to bring on folks with disabilities and have the right uh, uh, policies and procedures and are doing that kind of outreach. And then for those of us with disabilities, um, we also need to be uh, prepared Looking into these various sectors, um, you know, I tell folks who are searching for for employment uh, who have disabilities, applying for, uh, you know, 10 jobs a week is not too many, right? Because it's going to take some work, and it's a full-time job looking for employment. Um, uh, I also just want to mention when it comes to looking for support, um, because sometimes those of us with disabilities, not all of us, but some of us might need support to gain employment, Um, Along with vocational rehabilitation, I'd also mention Centers for Independent Living, Centers for Independent Living, and these are nonprofits throughout the country um, that are folks on the ground. Oftentimes they will have a disability too, and they can help guide through that process.
2: Uh, Just as a matter of curiosity, uh, and I know we haven't spoken about any of the stats, but how many people are we talking about in this country today are, um, quote, unquote, disabled?
5: I think um i can I can answer that when uh, Mike was talking about the new um section five o three um for the uh, statutes for the the rehab act um they took the seven percent um and essentially are asking government contractors to hire a workforce of seven percent individuals with disabilities and that actually masks the Nationwide population of people who are disabled, and I believe that's how they acquire the seven percent.
2: I see.
4: I yeah, see. and and a lot of it depends on how many uh, exactly how you count and what the definition is, because uh, disability mm-hmm. is is incredibly diverse. Um, but you know, the Bureau of Labor or the the Census Bureau puts us at about fifty six point seven million people in the United States have a disability. That's about nineteen percent.
2: Uh, there's fifty six million people who are have disabilities that are not working or are and are not working
4: uh that that 's just the number of folks with disabilities and again uh, we don 't we shouldn 't go into it too deep because you start trying to figure out these numbers and it gets complicated um, right, uh, right. there 's a lot of discussion about how we define it but I think the bottom line is, is we're the nation's largest minority population, and tapping yes. into this uh, yes. resource of, of talented folks with disabilities can only benefit your business. Mm-hmm.
2: Considering we have a three million uh, shortage in manufacturing in this country right now, you would think that this, uh, along with women in manufacturing—not to compare the two—but we've been on that beating uh, that drum as well. Uh, that you would think that our shortage of employment in manufacturing sh- certainly could be covered in just a few simple answers uh, without all the uh, hubbub that goes on about uh, you know the hand-wringing about we're shortage we have shortage of people we don't have shortage of people we have shortage of people who want to make a difference and uh, you folks certainly are not in that group you want to make a difference and, uh, again, my, my hat is off to all of you that are involved in this. Tim?
1: Uh, Michael, didn't, I, don't know, I want to talk to you about uh, your shop. Now, Southbridge Tool and Manufacturing is uh, uh, the, the kind of the mainstay business, and then you do the team running chairs. Uh, to to lose question, um, what are you discovering? Because you're, you're right in the trench. You're in manufacturing.
3: So uh, what am I discovering? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know if this is going to answer your question or not, but I've found that becoming more and more involved with um, it, the running chair part of this business is, is growing uh, very quickly. And I've made it my personal mission to get more involved, um, and not just in, you know, taking an order and building a chair, um, mo- a lot of my day uh, goes to answering phone calls and emails from mostly parents who mm-hmm. uh, are just de- almost desperate to find a group in their area um, that may have uh, an activity like a 10K uh, or, or a half marathon uh, for their child, son or daughter to participate in. So I've I got very involved in um, building relationships with um, several groups that um, that put on races uh, pretty much every week um, I you know as a I guess it's part of my responsibility not just you know as a manufacturer, I have the resource I have the resources to to put out a wonderful product for people, but I also have an obligation to to be a service uh, uh information uh, service for for folks that are in need and i'm i'm f- i do that more and more um as i get more heavily involved uh for example um i'm i'm involved with uh a group uh called ainsley's angels and uh if anyone listening or listens to this later on as a podcast um AinsleysAngels.org, they have forty chapters throughout the country and boy they just uh, it's incredible what they do putting on road races and um, you know it's all about inclusion Mm -hmm. Uh, most of our posts and their posts we hashtag inclusion Uh, nobody needs to be sitting on the sideline anybody can cross a finish line and that's what we do we're here to help there's also um, I'm involved in a group called Team Hoyt New England we just put this group together um, and we do races throughout new england there's team hoyt virginia beach and there's a team hoyt san diego and um families will bring um their loved ones that are in need we have chairs uh that are donated um, that uh that they can use in a race and they'll have an angel push them we call you know angels in the chairs and angels that are pushing and um there's they're all volunteers and they give an opportunity to those who may, on their own, can't finish a, uh, just a 5K, uh, but they make that happen for them. And boy, I'll tell you, you go to a race and you see them when they cross that finish line; it's an absolutely incredible sight. It, it just warms your heart. So, uh, you Michael, know, yeah,
1: Michael, let me have you share with our listeners. And uh, I think you probably are going to share two website addresses: one for Team Hoyt and one for Southbridge Tool and manufacturing, if you would, please.
3: Sure. So, yeah, uh, Southbridge Tool and manufacturing, uh, southbridgetool.com. That's the, that needs a little bit of work, but you can go to uh, runningchairs.com, and that will take you to our story, um, you know, how, how we got involved in the running chair uh, business. Um, and, um, okay. you know, follow, follow us on, I mean, I'm on Twitter at um, Hoyt Running Chair. And uh, at Hoyt Running Chair uh, on uh, Instagram as well, so and Facebook as well. Facebook, if you you know, uh, Team Hoyt Running Chairs on Facebook, and uh, look up Ainsley's Angels as well. I'll tell you, uh, if you know of a loved one that you know that may be on the other side of the country, um, connect them with AinsleysAngels.org, and they'll find a group in their in their area that they can participate in these sports.
2: Uh Michael, tell tell us a little bit about uh disability mentoring day. I think it's yeah, coming yeah, is it just coming up,
4: is Yeah.
2: It's coming up, isn't it? So
4: it is. So before I jump to disability mentoring day, um uh, I would uh, be remiss if I didn't add to the other Michael's uh uh conversation um uh, and just uh, echo um, the value of of sport and the lives of folks with disabilities. Um, it on, for example, on AAPD's board of directors, um, there is uh, an incredibly dynamic uh, man named John Register. John um, was uh, enlisted in the U.S. Army, um, uh, lost his leg in uh, Operation Desert Storm, um, and then went on to run in the Paralympics and has done just incredible work um, and also focuses on the employment of people with disabilities. It also reminds me of uh, a young lady that I used to work with who is a wheelchair user um, and, uh, and is also a Paralympic rower. Um, and there are thousands of folks out there, and so I think the Paralympics is another resource that I would add for folks to, uh, to look up. Um, and and check out uh, some of the cool things that happen there. Um, I just want to throw out, uh, so you want me to talk about Disability Mentoring Day. Um, Every year, the American Association of People with Disabilities hosts Disability Mentoring Day, which is um, a one-day job shadowing event that happens throughout the country, Um, and it happens throughout October. There are... Uh, specific days that folks have certain things throughout the country but the whole goal is to bring um, young folks with disabilities into a business um, so that they have an opportunity to interact and most of the time it involves maybe a tour or uh, or someone uh, an employee who um, spends a day with um, a person with a disability and um, And what this really does is it decreases fear and increases competency. Decreases fear and increases competency. So from the employer's perspective, they meet a person with a disability and realize, hey, this young person is not so different from my kid, not so different from anybody else that I know. They could work here. And it also increases their competency because they then understand how, Uh, uh, To work with folks with disabilities and that's going to lead to a change in business culture which leads to more folks with disabilities being employed. Um, And from the other perspective, from the person with the disabilities perspective, it decreases fear because they say, hey, I could do this job with my eyes closed, right? Um, And it also increases competency because they learn some uh, some basic skills that can uh, continue to push them towards their career goals. So, Disability Mentoring Day is a great opportunity for employers to initially connect um, and start having that conversation and increase their, um, uh, their perspective. And Ultimately, we want it to lead not just to a one-day event, but we want it to lead to ongoing hiring of folks with disabilities uh, into you know, competitive employment uh, and jobs throughout the
2: country. For our listeners, can you give us the URL where they can get more information? on Disability Mentoring Day?
4: (laughs) www.aapd.com. If you go there uh, uh, to our website, you will be able to uh, go under um, what we do, and you'll um, see Disability Mentoring Day on there, and there's definitely some information out there, and you can contact us, and we'd uh, uh, love to get folks uh, excited and involved in this program.
2: Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Tim, are you there? Can you not hear me? I think we Are you there, Tim? Uh, I can.
1: uh, Michael, can you hear me? Lisa, can you hear me? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I can hear
1: you. Uh, you We can. So our guests can hear me, so I guess I'm back in action here. Um, Lisa, I just want to go to you for a moment and ask you, uh, you know, Michael was bringing up some points about uh, uh, concerns by the employer that Mm -hmm. uh, uh, work accident rates might go up. In fact, they go down. Attendance Mm -hmm. might go down. In fact, it goes up. What are some of the surprising stories that you have heard from uh, employers, particularly manufacturers, when they bring, uh, uh, you know, what I call, a special ability people into their shop mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. were astonished by?
5: Yeah, there's there's so many different success stories. Um, I, I do want to share one in particular that just happened a few years ago. Um, there is a um, major manufacturer that makes um, very well-known jewelry <laughs> that we've partnered with for a long time. And um, we uh, we placed a really wonderful young man um, in their warehouse um, distribution center. Um, and this person is was typically nonverbal um, and was on the autism spectrum. And um, what I'm going to tell you will really surprise you, I think, given both of those accounts, but um, he had some great prior work experience, which taught him lots of different skills. Um, and he has his first day in the distribution center, um, and again, this nonverbal person um kind of took a little bit of a tour and look at at how they are doing some of the different operational functions and actually says to um I think the distribution manager, "I don't know why you're doing your process this way if you implemented such and such, it would really make a big difference <laughs> so that I think they kind of take a took a step back and said um okay um let's let's." you know, let's see if we could try some of this. And lo and behold, I mean, their entire operations are changed. Um, the person has been successfully working there for about four to four years. But um, just that other perspective, again, that we've been talking about, you know, somebody with um, a different viewpoint, somebody with different skills, coming into this organization um, and Fortune 500 company, And saying this and, you know, the local operation's changing because of their suggestion. And you know what? That's just one of many stories. Yeah, I (laughs) miss
2: it.
1: We had a guest guest on our show who had a blind person working for them in a manufacturing plant. And instead of Mm -hmm. saying, presupposing what she couldn't do, Mm -hmm. they said, let's take the flip side of that and ask ourselves, what could she do? And they began running her through different phases of their business. She now works on an assembly line in their manufacturing plant.
2: Mm-hmm. But rather
1: than using her visual skills that she doesn't have, she uses her tactile skills yeah. to work on an assembly line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we we need to take some of our uh, uh, preconceived notions about what people can't do and throw yeah. them out the window
6: and, and, uh, yeah. and take
1: the positive approach and say, what could they do?
5: Yeah. I I do do have to say um, I hear, especially in the last, you know, 17 years, I hear more people with more positive support and there are more people who definitely want to try. But, unfortunately, I still hear, I still see and hear some of the barriers and think that we do need to come a long way with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just lack of education and lack – and fear um, because maybe they've never done, um, you know, participated in a program working with somebody with a disability or maybe they haven't had a worker with a disability in their group and, you know, people are scared and intimidated, but, um, you know, just like anybody else, the same the same issues happen, um, but even more successes sometimes. <laughs> So, yeah. you know,
4: that's why and I think it's, a, yeah. Yeah, and this is Michael, APD. Just to add to that point, you know, as part of the misconception uh, that we have, when we, uh, when we look in the federal government, for example, we've got some great employment statistics. Um, and what we see is that at the top levels of government, GS 14s and 15s, about mm-hmm. 16% of uh, new hires in 2014 were people with disabilities. Sixteen percent of GS-14 and 15 new hires. Um, And so, again, I think it just smashes that myth um, uh, of what folks with disabilities can and can't do, Um, because we as people with disabilities, given the opportunity, can and do perform at all levels uh, uh, of business and have something really valuable to add.
2: I think this is uh, these numbers are pretty incredible and one of the things I, I'm curious about when uh, an organization looks into the possibility or likelihood of hiring uh, people with disabilities do they get uh, any I don't want to use the word training but do they get any advice in the way to um, structure uh, how to deal with the Disabled person's issues Yeah is, is well, so
4: let me, let me start by throwing this out there If you've met one person With a disability, you've met one person With a disability um, Because all of us are different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right And so We should always do training um, mm-hmm. Around the employment of people with disabilities uh, Because that's going to create A more open environment But we also need to realize that Everybody's different, and the biggest thing that we need to do is, uh, is have a willingness to work with people. Uh, and uh, and just like you would for any other employee, you're going to figure it out on the ground. And and really, experience is the best teacher. If you want to know how to work with folks with disabilities, hire a person with a disability.
2: Supported
5: employment. Just to add. Um, a supported employment um, vendor or agency who partners with the employer will give that support upfront in the train in the hiring process um, in the training and then I think what we find most important is um, assistance in that job maintenance process you know I mean just like we were saying people are people and issues come up wherever we are, whether it's a change in management or even, you know, the employer says, hey, I, I would love for this person to learn um, a new skill. Um, that job maintenance and follow-along support, I think, is key to the success for the employer and the person placed. Um, so that's something that, you know, typically um, supported employment agencies or, um, you know, staff will continue to help with through the yeah. tenure of the employment. So
4: Yeah. Lisa, just I would be like clear everybody with a disability needs uh, supported employment in fact most folks with disabilities uh, may not need any support other than um, uh, for example raising their desk which you know is, is cheap and easy to do or a screen reader so that they can access their computer um, a lot of times they're very simple uh, uh, things that we can do that we would do for any other employee uh, so that they can contribute, and so I do think supported employment is very important, and I'm a huge uh, supporter of it. Um, but I also want to be clear for those folks on the call that uh, a lot of times you're going to hire a person with a disability, and you're going to afterwards you're going to go, wow, that wasn't that big of a difference. There really wasn't that much that
5: that much different.
1: Lisa, I want to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners your website address as well, if you would please.
5: Absolutely. It's www.em, as in Mary, horizons.org.
1: Thank you so much. And we appreciate you being on the show and sharing uh, uh, your stories with us. Michael, I want to thank you for your enthusiasm as uh, AAPD, as the Chief Operating Officer. You're obviously fired up about what you're doing. Thank you for being with the, on the show with us today.
4: Thank you guys so much. I am pumped.
2: <laughs>
1: and, 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 Michael, I, I want to thank you for, for thinking with your heart and your head as you reached out to Dick Hoyt and, and Jeremy for taking things in a direction you probably didn't foresee uh, for Southbridge uh, Tool. Uh, congratulations, and thank you for being on the show.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is this was fantastic.
1: We appreciate all of you and the work that you're doing. Uh, tune in next week for our show, uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio. That wraps us up for today, and we look forward to hearing from you. We have additional information for our listeners at our website, mfgtalkradio.com, where you can hear a replay of this show at your convenience. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.